Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and today I'm pumped. I get to catch up with an old buddy. We haven't talked in really far too long. It's been, I think, over a year, but Rob Atkinson is joining me again. So Rob is a digital marketer that focuses on content websites, monetizing with affiliate and ad revenue. He's had a few big exits, and I was lucky enough to be part of one of them. He's been on the show a few times, so you might recognize his voice or part of the story. And the thing is, we were in a mastermind together starting in about 2014 for a few years. I can't remember, uh, like many masterminds, eventually they fizzle out. No hard feelings, but we just moved on. And we were business partners on a site that we sold in 2017. He recently sold a site, which we will actually name later and give some pretty interesting metrics. And he sold the site for a lot of money. We won't be able to share the price, unfortunately. There's a lot of NDAs and stuff like that associated with these big exits. But basically, the site sold in March of 2022, and it was getting about 12 million visitors per year. On average, we're going to dig into some of the other metrics Today, we're going to catch up in general, and we literally haven't talked in about a year. So we're going to talk about that site that he sold in 2022. He started a couple new sites after that in the you know last year or so. And I don't know if failing is the right word, but I'll, that's what I wrote in my notes here. The, these sites are not exactly where Rob wants them to be. We're also going to talk about the power of networking and why ultra productivity isn't always the answer. And the other portion is working with partners and kind of on a team versus working as a lone wolf. So these are big topics. We're going to cover as much as we can. And I'll tell you right now, there's a good chance that we are going to have a round two to dig in to some very specific topics. So Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks for pinging me to say, hey, we should catch up, buddy. So how's it going? Yeah, it's going great. That was a really amazing intro. So thank you for pumping me up for this. And I'm excited to get into it. And like you said, there's a lot we haven't caught up in quite some time. So let's just see how it goes. So people may have heard some of your story in the past, like you've literally been on the show and on the YouTube channel, maybe 20 times or so in the past. And we were much younger then. I had, uh, I think, a full head of hair when we uh, first started talking. <laughs> That's not true. I had, I had more. Too. Yeah, you, you had more, Rob. So <laughs> it looks distinguished and uh, you look good. You look, your skin looks great. You must be doing a great routine or something like that. But for the people that haven't listened to those shows, we will link up so you could go back and hear how different both of us were back then. And we're talking circa 2014, 2015. But tell us about kind of your story. You could keep it sort of brief so we can dig into the meaty stuff. But when did you first get started with, you know, niche websites and talk about those, you know, early few years or so and what you, what attracted you to them too? Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, I graduated college 2009, went into the accounting field and really despised it, quit early on, kind of got this whatever corporate job for a few years. And then around 2012, 13, I got sort of exposed to SEO, affiliate marketing, tried to dabble on the side. And then maybe around late 2013, early 2014, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. And some, some of the sites started making a few hundred bucks. Then it started turning into like a thousand, 2000, 3000. And I was like, 
told my wife at the time we had just gotten married, I was like, all right, I'm going to quit my job. You're going to quit your job. We're going to move to Thailand. We're going to hang out in Chiang Mai uh, and try to make this affiliate SEO thing a reality. And actually, two weeks after I gave my notice, I got caught up in a PBN thing and my income went from 3000 to zero. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. And so then from there, it was just like hustle, hustle, like launch more sites, launch more sites. Thankfully, within like the first six to nine months being abroad, we kind of got back to that three or $4,000 level. But things were really like I maxed out this low interest credit card, actually like zero, like, you know, the 15 month window where you don't have to pay anything interest. Had that thing maxed out, I actually took out my 401k at the time. So like, even though we had made some income, we were spending a lot to kind of keep the future growth going. And then around 2000, end of 2015, we hit our first 10K month, which was just like a huge milestone. Then from there, about a year later, we got like to 30, 40K. And then from there, just kind of kept kind of propelling for a few years. Okay. That was a good summary for all this stuff that went on during that time. And I think like right after you got laid off or uh, sorry, your site got hit, not laid off. It's a similar thing. It feels like you got laid off, right? <laughs> so your, your site got hit, private blog networks, PBNs. It was kind of a volatile time. So the, in air quotes, the best practices at the time were to use these gray hat techniques and Google was starting to catch on and do something about it in very big ways. So if you, if people go back to the podcast archives from yesteryear, you'll hear a bunch of people talking about, you know, Penguin and Panda. And then there was this PBN sort of apocalypse in like, say 2014 to 2016 before people either stopped using them or just use them in a very, very scaled down, like truly private way, which I think, I mean, they're still being used. So, okay. So you uh, had some issues. You actually moved out of the country to keep your expenses low and see the world. You were digital nomads at the time. And then you started to get some traction. And that was around the time that you and I were hooking up, like you were on the way up and I, I kind of was too. And that's when we like form the mastermind. So let's talk a little bit just so people have a scope on some of the things that you've you've done. We're going to go ahead and share some of the sites now as much as you want to share here. So talk about the sites that you have sold and maybe like why you sold them and as much as you could share either about pricing or the name of the site or the traffic numbers or whatever. Yeah, so I've sold five I guess, affiliate content sites. And the first one, you know, it kind of maxed out on growth. And it was, the, you know, the first time I could sell, I actually went to Empire Flippers and it was in an industry where it wasn't really allowed to be sold on there. So I went to Flippa, I got a really poor multiple, sold that for 11K. But I'm telling you, this was probably early 2015. Hmm. or late 2015. And it was just like, it was the coolest thing. Like I'm telling you, I basically had no money when I started and to see like 11 K I was like from a website, it was, it was very surreal, even though that doesn't sound like crazy numbers. But then like, I think in 2015, 2016, there was a couple more sites. One was for around 40 K one was for around 60 K. And then we partnered on one. And I think that got sold in 2017. 
And I'm comfortable sharing that figure if you are as well. I don't know. Yeah, go for it. I think it was, was it 235? Yeah, I was going to say 238. So right in that uh, bar- ballpark. Okay. We'll call it 235. Yeah. Okay. See how it works? We're just like really trying to <laughs> truly remember. It's around 230 to 240. Um, and then, yeah, on the, the fifth and final one, which is last March 2022, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm not able to share the figures. Uh, it was by far my largest exit. And that website was sleepadvisor.org. Okay. Very cool. And I, I remember after we, you know, we sold the site, ironically, it was just after one of the Amazon commission rate declines. So it, it actually cost us a decent amount of money. Oh, yeah. No hard feelings. Though. I mean, it was like a long time ago. Amazon had to do what they had to do, right? But you were like, oh, I'm going to start some other stuff soon. Yeah, it was like late, uh, a few months later, you started on Sleep Advisor, which is pretty cool. And then you worked on that for how many years? Yeah, so that was so five years. So actually, the way that started was in the SEO conference November 2016. This guy I had met through buying his, he had a PBN service and a he had some other some other client-based service and I was actually, he helped me set up my PBNs. And so he meets me at the conference and he's like, hey, do you wanna like work on a site together? And I was like, eh, maybe, maybe not. It hit me up in the, the new year. So he, he reaches out in the new year and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, the, the site lasted together for five years uh, until we sold. So January, 2017 to March of 2022. And, um, yeah, the, the guy that reached out to me and formed the partnership, his name's uh, Nemanja. So we had a nice little run together there. Very cool. And what what led you guys to make the decision to actually sell the site? And was it a tough one? Yeah, there's like different time periods and layers to how we kind of came to the website being sold. I, I guess the... The short end of it is, um, you know, we had hit, hit peak in probably 2019, 2020 with traffic and earnings and rankings. And then we just saw the space just get incredibly crowded and deep pockets getting into it. I mean, if you look at the space right now, if you Google best mattress and you look on page one, it's incredible. So we got squeezed and we tried to like, I think end of 2020 or yeah, around that time we were like, all right, let's recommit ourselves. Like let's push, let's try to, I think we had this conversation, you and me, when you came to meet me in Austin, I was like, we're going to, we're going to give it another push. And then what just, we were just going up against giants and every time six months would pass, we would have less earnings. So it's kind of like, um, you know, investing in the stock market when things are going bad, like you just keep hoping it's getting better. And then you just got to cut your losses. Like, at some point, like, I, we wish we had done it earlier, but we just knew like, okay, like we've done this three times where we keep trying to push and it's not working. So like, it sucks. Like it's a punch in the face. What the, the, the offer we're going to get right now in March, 2022 compared to two years ago, but dude, it's going to get worse. So let's get out. Yeah. And man, yeah. I remember we were out, <laughs> we were out sitting on a bench. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I'm here in Georgia now and it's the middle of the summer when we're recording this and it it is so fucking hot, man. I I can't tell you how humid it is here. I'm not, I'm not really built for this kind of weather. I just sweat really bad. So anyway, it was like that in Austin. It was about 
99 or 100 degrees. We were sitting outside. And, it, yep. you know, like we know each other pretty well, right? We spent many hours on the phone. And it wasn't like I was coaching you. And, and I wasn't like trying to give you advice. But I think I was probably like, hey, I have a thought if you want to know. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. it it's, it's literally, I always check, right? Because some people don't want to hear your fucking opinion, right? And I'm aware. Yeah. Sometimes it's, yeah. you don't want to hear the opinion, right? But it's so tough. And I, I think I was like, unless you guys like do everything and you're like really committed, the site's going to do worse than it was doing now. And through a few mistakes of my own, I know you should sell something when everyone thinks you're nuts for selling it. Because if you wait until it's obvious to sell something, then it's too late because everyone already knows. And then you have an issue, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of that now and you, you watch, you know, there's some people in our space that do that. They, They sell something when it's on the way up. It's good for the buyer too, right? Because they buy it, yeah. they get a good deal, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll uh, work with you in the future, right? But if you sell something that's kind of plateaued Teetering. or declining, and and that's the situation you were in, right? There was a lot of issues that you were running into, and then you feel bulletproof, right, when you're in that growth trajectory. So, okay, you're so you guys you worked. Learn. What's that? <laughs> you live and you learn a lot of like so many, so many good lessons. And Namani and I still are in touch quite a bit and kind of like talk about and review the playbook of like, what did you learn here? What do you think about that? Like, we just look back and we're like, yeah, we had a good run, but we really, I mean, there are so many lessons in that whole entire run. It's crazy. Okay. So you were thinking about selling it for a bit. You wanted to basically try to get a higher multiple, get the earnings up, clean things up, recover some rankings, like all the standard stuff. And at some point you realized, okay, like we're not moving the needle with the amount of effort and resources that we're putting into it. So we'll just sell it, which you did. So how did you feel after the, after the transaction, everything was signed and you were done? At first it was just like an initial relief, right? It was like this, thing that had started had such a crazy trajectory and I poured so much of my time. And then, you know, in the later years, it just became sort of, you know, this thing that we sort of both had to work on and it, it wasn't really as fun as it used to be. So like for a couple of years, it was, you know, managing a team and just things that were sort of draining both of us. So there was like, for me personally, there was like a, a sense of relief of like freedom of like, oh my goodness, like I can wake up and I don't have to like go check on how's the team doing or is there an issue or is my phone going to, you know, beep at two in the morning or something. Not that I would like have it on, but like wake up and be like, Oh shit, there's another thing. Um, so just a sense of relief. And then I think as time progressed, like a couple months later, it was more like, okay, like what is my new identity? Because I had basically attached my entire identity for five years with the site. And if you count all my affiliate sites, that time period, 10 years, or I guess eight years, um, I was like a new person and not sure like how to operate in the world. Okay. It's something that I've been running into with my other podcast, Mile High Fi, where we talk to people that are like already retired or they're about to retire early. And typically it's all about early retirement and then post-retirement after that when we're 
you know, younger than the traditional age. And a lot of people, you know, whether it's an affiliate marketer or especially with the professionals like doctors, lawyers, like fill in the blank of other professionals that went to school for a long time, they have a tough time letting go of their identity because they identify as whatever that is. And when they stop, then they're some dude, right? (laughs) Like they don't, they don't know what to do. So You intentionally took some time off afterwards. So can you talk about that? And did you have a plan in place on how you would spend your days? Yeah. So I just knew I had to, like you said, just intentionally take some time off. Cause I think it's kind of like, maybe you can relate it to like a relationship. Like if you're kind of like you're coming out, you're a little raw, you're bruised and you know what I mean? Like you shouldn't, in my opinion, really like looking to like jump back in like you're get get your head right like get some space right so how did i fill my day honestly it was um i did some 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 private boxing lessons i had like a like a trainer i was doing some workouts i was spending a lot of time just sort of yeah exercising and watching youtube videos and reading and things of that nature okay So pretty active. I have run into a handful of people that they just kind of sit around like they, they retire and then they watch TV and like play video. I was never a video game player, so I I don't relate to that, but they're like, yeah, I played video games for, you know, five hours a day and I got depressed and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, did you get depressed or feel down at any point in time? If you're willing to share anything like that? Yeah, I would say like to a degree, yes, only from the perspective of, and we'll kind of like touch on this and like motivation and like why we do business. But like, I guess for the longest time, like I had identified as this person who achieved success, like I started businesses. And so I was kind of down from the perspective of, you know, maybe three or four months into it, I was like, oh, I'm going to start a new business. And I just kept researching and like not really taking action or not feeling motivated. And I was like, like, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I not like, where's my oomph? Like, why, why am I not doing anything? So I wouldn't say like full on depressed because I was like moving around and I enjoyed this new aspect of my life where I didn't have these commitments, so to speak, but just kind of like being hard on myself and getting a little bit down. I'm like, why am I not like accomplishing anything? Okay. That's cool. That That's honestly one of the most healthy, and I don't have a huge data set, but that's one of the most healthy descriptions that I've heard where you had some activities, you were kind of curious why you didn't have like the motivation and drive, but I think that's normal. We're also getting older and we don't have the same motivation and drive as we did 10 years ago that's and definitely great. not like 20 years ago. We just don't, I sleep a lot more. It's great. So speaking of which, did you sleep a whole lot in the weeks following? I have heard people like all of a sudden they start sleeping like 10 hours a day when they used to sleep six hours a day and their body is just like catching up and healing. I would say like my nighttime sleep was more or less the same. Well, I guess more relaxed. So therefore the quality of sleep is better. I was thrown in a nap like like pretty much every single day. Like I'm an, I'm a huge nap guy and it became even more during that period. Naps are good. Yeah. I've, uh, I've taken a few here (laughs) in the last little bit, but yeah, I've never been, once I started working at home, I was like, if if you're tired, take a nap, you know, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. (laughs) So, all right. I second that. (laughs) Do you have any insights from the time that you 
took off, whether it was the hobby stuff or taking naps or any, anything else you want to share? Yeah, I guess kind of leads me to sort of where I am right now. I guess it's been a year ish since the, the site has been sold. I would say it's just really made me, you know, really rethink why I want to do business. Um, you know, when I first started, right, like we're talking about 2013, 14, we're talking about not having a, like you said, being younger, not really having any money to my name and just wanting to like, I don't know if it was like prove to myself or even motivation of like prove other people wrong because I saw friends around me who I went to school with who were getting good jobs and getting promoted. And I just, I honestly had a job that was like probably getting less than them. I was like stuck in the same position for like three or four years. And so I was kind of just like had all these weird motivators to like to prove myself. Right. And then during this time, I sort of realized, okay, like, I sort of checked the box. Like, obviously at some point I'm going to have to like earn some money. I just can't sit around doing it, but, but I'm very comfortable right now. So money's not, you know, a huge factor for me starting a business. And so I, during this time I sort of realized like, okay, like the same motivations that got me here, they're just, they're gone. And I had to make peace with that. And so I'm still actually like exploring right now and trying to figure out what pumps me up to kind of, sit there and grow something. I don't quite have the answer, but I feel like I'm getting closer. During this time, there's been like a really strong meditation daily practice. I think I'm like close to 450 days in a row. We'll kind of touch on this is just more, less time doing more time thinking and analyzing and uh, reflecting. Okay. And you don't have to answer this and I didn't clear it with you ahead of time, but you just punt it if you don't want to answer. So you, you sold the site and it was for a lot of money. You don't have to say how much it is, of course, but like, do you guys need to work anymore at the general lifestyle that you guys are living? For the rest of time, I would say yes, eventually. I, if it, I don't know, I mean, there's obviously a lot of variables and how you invest and different things of that nature, but I would say at least like 10 to 15 ish years, like easy, comfortably would don't have to even like think about it. Um, it could be more, it could be less. I'm just like ballpark. So like, sure there's, there's real, there's really just not that back against the wall sort of like, Hey, get your shit together. <laughs> okay. Got it. And yep. And this is where like the worlds intersect where like I found the financial independence community where there's like some formula guidelines that you could kind of go yeah. upon, which we've touched on in the past. But anyway, the point is th that's a good metric, right? Cause some people would just be like, Oh, if I don't have to work anymore, like you literally don't have to figure that out, but you don't want to sit around all day. So people end up creating their own projects and that sort of thing. Yeah. And also I'll add on too, like if you're not actively investing and, and, and seeing like a, like a, like a interest income or a dividends and stuff like that. And you're sucking from your savings. At least in my experience, it doesn't really matter how much you have like in the bank when psychologically, when it's going down and backwards, it's just, it's, it's a weird fucking feeling. That it's actually one of the challenges for the financial independence community where you've spent like whatever, 10, 15, 
30 years accumulating. And then now you're going to start like drawing down and people are like, I don't know how to switch gears. I just don't like to see that. And it's like, not you, but I'm like, dude, you have like $8 million. Like you can spend a, you can spend a lot for a little while and like, you'll still have like $5 million in several years. Like it's going to be fine. So anyway, it's hard to switch gears and it is a, it's totally psychological because It's not, yeah, it's not necessarily how much you have. It's just like directionally what's happening. Okay. That's a whole other thing. So we'll have to move on just a little bit here. And I alluded to it in the intro, as people do, you launched new sites. (laughs) So you launched two new (laughs) sites in the last year or so. You took a little break, but then you were like, all right, I got to scratch the itch. So can you talk about those new sites as much as you can share how did you work on them? What do you think went wrong? How did you adapt to the AI landscape, which was kind of budding in the last couple of years, but now it's um, maturing quite a bit? So big question. I ask like five of them. So I'll just open it up for you. Yeah, I think this kind of dovetails off the thing I was just saying about during this time, sort of learning my why and uh, how I was beating myself up about not starting things. I don't think I had made it to that point yet. And so what I mean by that is let's, so March, 2022, let's go to like summer 2022. Right. So I'm like researching different niches and I'm just like, okay, it's time, Rob. Like you're, you were in business and like, this is your identity. Like you've got to start. Like, I don't know if it was for me or to like the people around me to be like, Hey, you're doing your thing. But I was like, I'm going to start this site. And I was talking with some friends and getting into this expired domain kind of game. Right. Of, Hey, let's get an expired domain and let's build it that way. This can shortcut the algorithm, stuff like that. Anyways, launched the site maybe September of 2022. And initially it was like, great, like rankings are so high for like the first week. I'm like, holy shit, like this expired domain. Week later, completely like no impressions out of the SERPs, site's dead. So I'm like, all right, like, now I'm going to go, I'm going to go fresh domain. I'm going to just like, I'm going to do a ton of articles. I'm just going to do this like as best I can. I've learned all these things, but sleep advisor about how to hire, about how to like, you know, set expectations. I'm going to get these writers. I'm going to get an editor. I'm going to have this person. So I had like a little system built. We went live with 125 articles, I think in February of 2023, same deal month in impressions going great traffic starting to trickle. I'm like, wow, this is going great. Then like six weeks total into it, impressions go to zero. This thing was just like hit hard. There was no links. And I'm just like sitting there going, I just launched two sites and uh, I got, I got nothing to show. It was like very, very, very humbling, right? Coming from that site to just, you can't fucking do it. Yeah. Well, it hasn't been... And I mean, if someone came to me as, as they do and they're like, Hey, did this, I would be like, Oh, just, it's too early. Uh, stick with it longer. So what, what do you think? It's a short amount of time, right? That you just mentioned. Yeah. So, okay. So with the first site, it was really like very experimental, very small. This was the expired domain. And so I pulled the, I pulled the plug when I saw they didn't like it. Cause I was just like, ah, eh, they don't like the expired domain. With the other one live with 125 articles, I talked to a few people and I got the same sort of advice like, hey, yeah, you, you got 
kind of squash six, six weeks into it, but you know, keep it going. So I actually did keep the, the core writer and the person who was posting. And I said, let's go live with three new articles a week. And I think up until like three or four weeks ago, I had this going. So from February to July of 2023, and we're just talking like nothing happened. So I, I officially was just like, I'm done with the site. Like, and, and I just have, we can talk about this, but I just have no drive to get into the content affiliate display ad game again. Like I'm just, I've made peace where I, I don't want to play that game again. At least okay. as my whole identity. Right, right, right. Do you know, what, what are your theories on what went wrong or how things have changed or what? Yeah. Okay. Might be like a little tinfoil hat, which I've always sort of <laughs> been with affiliate sites and stuff like that, but nothing too crazy. So like with the first site, I really just think it was a matter of the expired domain didn't really have like a perfect match. You know, maybe it was like 60, 70% where it kind of like was a nice fit for my current niche. And so I don't know if you've heard or talked to people, but the people who do expired domains, like it's kind of like just a gamble, right? Like you launch five, I don't know, you know, one or two, maybe just like turn out to be winners and the rest just kind of like shit the bed. Right. So that one, I'm not going to overthink, but the, the bigger one. So there's, there's a, there's a couple of theories, right? I went live with 125 articles. I tried to do, you know, what people say and cover all the possible articles, like the topical map. So I had basically, it was in the pest niche. So I, I don't really care to share, right? Like I don't care. Um, and so like you have cockroaches, you have ants. And I, I wrote a hundred, I didn't write it, but we had 125 articles all about cockroaches. So you'd be like, wow, this guy like really covered it. But what I think may have happened is one, the content quality, if you were a pest expert or you were someone with a problem, the content was like solid, like it read well, but I think someone who actually read it, who knows their shit would be like, this is fucking garbage, right? So I think the I think when Google first crawls it and first gives you some traffic, it was basically like, no, this sucks. So like, we're just going to demote you because you look kind of spammy. I think going live with 125 articles all interlinked to perfection, being very spread with my keywords. I went after so many long tails that I think the topics were just overlapping each other too much. And I use stock images <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I just, I just think I just didn't send any signals of, of trust at all. Okay. With the tinfoil hat idea, do you think if you, this is just a thought exercise with no, <laughs> no useful utility, I guess, if you launched 10 sites, same amount of content, same keywords, all on a new domain. Everything's generally equal. They're just like uniquely written articles. What do you think might happen? Do you think there would be some winners out of 10? Yeah. So I am kind of torn on this, but generally, yes, I subscribe to this theory in SEO where it's just like, I mean, I think that's part of how I was successful in the beginning was I was just launching sites and just at four or five at a time. And it's just about, you know, I can tell you in my, of the five sites I sold, I've had 20 to 50 sites just suck. 
right? So like, I think if you're going to play the SEO game, you have to just understand that it is really like, if you're just going to do it from the pure SEO, you're not trying to build a brand or do anything like one site and do it legit from the start. Like it really is just like probability, right? It's just launch five and just kind of see what takes off. So to answer your question, probably uh, the only reason why I'd go against that is maybe I did have like a pattern or a quality thing that just kind of was really shitty that even if you launch five, maybe they didn't like it, but I doubt it. Probably you're right. If I launched 10, one or two would have been just probably a winner. And um, we can talk about mindset and I wasn't quite motivated. Therefore, right. I was just kind of being late. I was just being lazy launching two half-ass sites, to be honest with you. When I remember, you know, back in the day, actually when we worked on the site together and then even when you you were doing Sleep Advisor, like you wanted to do the on-page SEO optimization, which I was happy. I'm like, sure, do that. I was the systems person and doing some other stuff, right? Did you, on these two new sites, did you hand optimize each one of the the pages as well? No. So I actually found this, this, yeah, there it is. (laughs) I I really, I really am an SEO god. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, no, but um, I, I, I trained this girl extensively for actually like two or three months. Like I, I put together some crazy in-depth videos on like how I want my titles, how I want the meta, how I interlink. And like we did rounds of revision. I mean, think about this. To interlink 125 articles prior to going live and then audit, like basically like check every anchor text um, or trust someone's doing it right. Yeah. I didn't do it, but I thought I had the, the right systems in place to have my philosophy carried out on it, but I guess they didn't do it right. No kidding. Right. Yeah. Well, and the thing <laughs> is, um, it does come, come down to what you've alluded to a couple of times is, you know, you didn't have your back to the wall. You didn't have the chip on your shoulder anymore, which is good because some people never get rid of that. So you were talking about your your friends and peers were like doing better professionally and you're just like, ah, now, now I'm in this dead end job, but then you you've done so much more and you've done it on your own, which is even more impressive. And you didn't have to prove it again. So you're like, ah, I'll train someone really well and maybe they'll do a great job. So you just, you weren't putting in as much time and you have a a young family and then you like to do other shit too. Right. So you're not going to spend all your time optimizing. We travel a lot. Yeah, yeah, you're you're like uh, last time we were sending the emails, like you were in a different country. So, yeah, you guys are doing a bunch of stuff. So you don't want to sit there and optimize the anchor text all across your site. It's super boring. What is your why? Have you started to to figure it out? Yes and no. Like it's taking some progress. Like I would say, like a few months ago, I was just like after the the, the pest site just kind of tumbled. I was just kind of like. Like I was doing my exercise, I was doing my morning routine, but I like, again, like that feeling, like I would just hop on my computer and just like, oh, let me watch some videos and like, just kind of direct, like directionless business wise, right? Like I feel like I have direction in other parts of my life, but business wise, just kind of like, like even Thais had a comment one time. She was like, uh, my wife, she was like, what are you working on? Huh? Like, you're like typing on the computer, but like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, I don't know. It's a very, it's a, it's a very uncomfortable feeling, um, at least for me, just to not have like a firm direction to dig into, you know? 
So I would say in like the last month or two, it's not really a business model or like a drive or uh, per se, but I have all of a sudden become rededicated to wanting to connect with people, like wanting to come on your podcast, wanting to come, wanting to go to conferences, like really making an effort to rekindle some of the people I've met in the past. Uh, I'm finding it really enjoyable. And I think the plan is to connect and just get more involved and talk to people. And I think the more that happens, as I'm experiencing it, ideas are being shared. I'm getting excited about things. And I think that's going to be the thing that sparks whatever the next thing is. Right. And, and the good part, you know, potentially is because you've been around for a little while and you're expert in certain areas and you have the credentials and results to back it up, like much cooler opportunities will pop up than when you were, you know, fresh in Chiang Mai going to work or go to the meetups or whatever. And you're like, I haven't done anything, but I'm super into keyword research or, you know, whatever, whatever thing you were into back in 2013, 2014. And yeah, yeah. The opportunities will just be, I think, endless you'll have a hard time figuring out what to what to focus on but it sounds like you're pretty disciplined because you have carved out the space we'll talk about some of the conferences you've been to recently and if there's any maybe specific experiences that were very interesting or maybe you've met people that you you know reconnected with or met them for the first time that you've you know seen around uh conferences youtube or whatever yeah, for sure. So just a little backstory. The last conference that I went to was Chiang Mai SEO 2018. And this this is perfectly coinciding with Sleep Advisor doing well. And during that period, it was just like head down. Like I really didn't connect with anyone because we had this like golden like site and like we just needed to like make it do better. We didn't, we didn't need to talk to that many people really just execute right like make it better and so uh, a couple weeks ago i guess now maybe three weeks ago i went to the seo conference in birmingham england which was run by charles float and i just can't tell you one the value of seeing people a i've I've known before and people i've never met before but just seeing people in person there's like an energy right and just to be around human beings that are having conversations about hey i'm traveling and i'm running this business and i'm doing this it it was just energizing like in in mexico where we are right now i haven't done a good job of going out because there is a entrepreneur community but i've just kind of been in my own bubble you know not really talking to people and just seeing people do like doing awesome things is like, I was like, wow, like I'm just, I'm pumped again. Just, just that. Yeah. Very cool. Talk about, did you get anything special out of the the talks in Birmingham there? You know, it was more SEO, like tactical focused. I got more value as everyone always says, just out of the, the conversations, rekindling some people I hadn't met. I hadn't seen in many, many years, meeting new people and yeah, just exchanging ideas, you know, when you're having lunch and sitting next to the person, I think that was, that was the most valuable for me. Cool. 
Yeah, funny enough. So I, I didn't go to that conference. I usually, I'm not a big international travel traveler currently. Nothing against it. And it seems awesome. But uh, we, we have a dog and we do a lot of travel domestically here in the US. But because apparently, probably the YouTube channel and the podcast, I ended up, you know, quote, making connections and rekindling stuff because you all got together. <laughs> so Kyle Roof emailed me and was like, hey, man, we should catch up. So I I don't know if it was based on being at the conference or or what, but and then you reached out. And then uh, do you know Alex Cooper over at WP Eagle? Did you bump into him at the sh- conference? Okay. No, I didn't. So, so anyway, a handful of my friends went there and then... I don't know if you were just like, oh, we, sh- we should reconnect. But any- anyway, I-, I am getting like secondary benefits from other people going to conferences, but I need to get out more. And I-, I talk about it all the time where, you know, go out, meet people in person. Like online is great, especially if you have certain constraints. But if you meet people in person and just can have one meal with them, that's better than, you know, whatever, 10 hours of a mastermind meeting. There's so much more that you can... Um, you can really convey in those personal conversations. And, I, and adding on to that, not only convey, just when you meet someone in person, it's like both parties just genuinely share more freely, right? Like the real nuggets, the real things are like, are going to come with the in-person. Like you can get it to a degree through virtual, through meetings, if you are like really try, but just people like really open up in person. I've seen it in Chiang Mai too, right? Like, and by the way, we're on this podcast right now because when I was in that conference, leaving with our bags, going down the elevator, I saw someone that was on your podcast and I was like, Hey, are you Jamie? And you're on the, you're on, you're always on Doug's podcast or recently, a few months ago, we drive out of the the parking lot 10 minutes later. And I'm like, Tice, I need to send Doug an email. I was like, I just ran into this guy. We should catch up. So that's why we're here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty funny, just the the connection. So I got to get out to more of the SEO conferences. What other conferences are you going to this year? Yeah, so one next week is going to be in Estonia, the country of Estonia. I think that's being run, co-hosted by um, Kyle and Carl Kanger. If I said that right, I don't know. So that's going to be exciting. And then... Early November, we'll be going out to Thailand for the Chiang Mai SEO conference. So I've got two lined up in 2023. Awesome. Yeah, those are pretty big ones too, from what I understand. Now, have you thought of speaking at either, or are you a speaker kind of person? Have you thought about that? It actually has not crossed my mind. I will say like back in the 2016, 2017 days, I gave, I think you remember, remember this, right? I think we're still in the mastermind. I gave a talk in the Chiang Mai SEO community, right? Like people showed up, maybe there was like 30 ish, 40 people. It got recorded. And, and I was doing more interviews and podcasts and stuff like that. And so I think there's tremendous benefit. Like, I don't know about you, but when you, if, if you go to a conference and you've kind of been, if you're the speaker or people know you, dude, it's just like, you don't even have to network. People just come to you. (laughs) Yeah. It's much easier. It's much easier because you, uh, you know, you could stand in the corner, 
being uh, creepy like uh, you and I might do normally. Instead of you having yep. to like get brave enough to go talk to someone, like a few people will come and and seek you out, which is cool. It takes the pressure off, but you do have to. I mean, you've done a presentation before, so you know what it's like. But you have a shitload of stories you can oh, tell, yeah. so be uh, worth worth pitching it it's, if you're um, interested. Yeah, no, it's something I'm gonna. I'm going to put it in my back pocket and uh, consider it. Also, it gives you, uh, when you're the speakers, I mean, it really kind of, what's the word? It gives you sort of a reputation or, you know, when you meet someone and you're just like, I have no idea if you started SEO last week or like, like, who are you? Like, what, what have you, like, what have you done? So it gives you like, it gives you a bit of a track record. So someone meets you and they're like, oh, this guy's, this guy's maybe legit. Yeah. 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 Highly recommend it, especially, especially if your nerves are okay. Like some people, like they stress out the whole time. And I think you get over it with the more talks that you do, which I haven't done that many. So I'm not saying that I am a person who doesn't stress out. (laughs) You'd be all right. I'd I'd stress, but I can, but I can, I'd get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody wants you to do a good job. Like no one wants you to freeze up out there. Okay. Well, as we're moving on, we need to hit a couple of the other topics. And as I mentioned before, there's some stuff where like, I want to dig into some other things probably in a future podcast, but you talked about your meditation and I think you said something like 400 plus 450 days in a row. Talk about your practice and what got you so dedicated to it. Yeah. And I half joke if the if the app didn't glitch on June sixth, twenty twenty one, I think it would be like a six hundred day streak. But I'm going to honor the app. It's like four hundred and thirty plus or something. I just say four fifty at this point, whatever. Yeah. So what started it? I mean, actually, I'll give credit to Matt Diggity on this one. So when Tice and I first moved to Thailand in twenty seventeen, he took us out for dinner, and he was like, "Yeah, I've got this meditation app." So we just kind of messed around with it for a few years, 2017, 2018, 2019. We'd had, we'd have streaks of 10, 20 days and notice the improvements, the calmness, the clarity being quicker to like catch our subconscious brain thought loops and shit like that. But just over time, we, we both sort of just became more dedicated. And then at some point, I don't even really know how to explain it. It just became something I just habitually had to do every day. So what do you do? It's evolved, right? So first it was an app that, you know, would guide you through. And then probably the last year or two, it's usually 15 minutes and I like no, no guided. Generally I'll do like just, you know, focusing on counting to 10 and then just kind of like repeat it. The main goal really like, and it can change too. Sometimes I just let myself just sit there and just let it go wherever my mind wants to go. Just actively trying to make sure I'm observing when I get lost, things like that. I did do transcendental meditation. It's like a a practice. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I like did this certification. Um, There's like some mantra that you follow, but yeah, just kind of more or less just focusing on kind of following the breath and being with myself and my thoughts for however long I decide to do it. Okay. And then you track it with an app just to get the check mark or whatever. Like it's not guided specifically. 
Yeah, I just set, so the app sets a timer. I use Insight Timer. They do have guided meditation, but yeah, I just like, um, you know, for me just seeing that, that, that check and knowing that it's happening. What time of day do you do it? So if I'm like in a good routine and it's like normal daily life, it's morning time, you know, but if we're traveling, waking up, you know, on an airplane or whatever, sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's been 9 PM at night for three minutes. Like if I just have to squeeze, like squeeze it in to keep it going, but generally it's, it's morning time. Okay. Interesting. And then so about 15 minutes once a day. That's right. Yep. And sometimes, some, sometimes in the evenings, if I'm just like, this is kind of like a more new practice, but Sometimes, um, once Petra, our daughter is asleep, like I'll just kind of sit there <laughs> like sometimes for 15, 30, 45 minutes and just it, once I've done my morning one, it's like less structured. I kind of just sit there and just sort of like, just be, just, just close my eyes and just breathe and sort of like let anything flow. And I find that to be a really good time to kind of run through, just take inventory of like. Okay, what's going on? Like, what, what am I working on? Like, oh, like you want to start a business and connect with people. Like just sort of, okay, what should you do? Like just, it's, it's my sort of like journaling or like kind of preparing for the next few days, just kind of like a download, so to speak. In the pre-interview notes, you also mentioned you went on a, a guided magic mushroom trip. Can you talk about that and what the experience was like and your insights afterwards. I'm comfortable sharing this, but like a, a little bit of a background when I was in my early twenties, I was in college and I had had friends that wanted to do it. And I just never did it. And I was kind of watching from the sidelines and short, make a long story short. I ended up doing it one of the days and I had a really good time. Next day, my friend who didn't do it, we were playing golf together was bugging me the whole round. He's like, do it again, do it again, do it again. Like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. I'm like, you don't do shrooms back to back days. Like this is retarded. Anyways, he somehow convinced me. I doubled my dose and it was a trip from hell. It was like, it scarred me so bad for a really long time. And, you know, at the time I swore off that I would never do it again. I guess moving on to the one that I did maybe about a month or so ago, one, just getting through it and like taking that dive was pretty freaking scary, but doing it in a guided manner. Like I had someone who I felt very comfortable with. I had met a couple times at their place where I was going to do it. I saw the room where it was going to be done. We talked about setting an intention. Like what do you want to try to get out of this? Right. Not just recreational, like get high and have fun. So kind of walked through it all. And during the trip, he was there to sort of, guide me if I was feeling like maybe a little anxious when it was like coming on and stuff like that. And it was a really amazing, amazing time. And like, just, I have four pages of notes of insights that I've taken with me. And I have like, there, there was one or two big things that like two pillars that I'm actively still working on in my life from that trip. Would you recommend, or who, who would you recommend it to if you would recommend it to anyone? I don't want to like recommend it to anyone. I think everyone has to sort of, you can only do it if you're, you're ready. But I would say if you're someone who 
just kind of wants to go inward and kind of like look inside your mind from angles you didn't think were possible (laughs) and sort of really just be ready to sort of like, you know, we all kind of like sometimes lie, like we've all lied to ourselves and like say like different, like if you really want to like get truthful with yourself and like go inward and like kind of see what's going on under there and and you really want to do it, that's, that's the person I would recommend it for. (laughs) And there's a lot of, a lot more resources now with, I think Michael Pollan wrote a book a couple years ago and then he's been on like Tim Ferriss's show and I think probably a lot of other podcasts so people can get like a a much better handle than um, we could 20 years ago where like your friend just wants to get high, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad you made it over, over that. Are you still in touch with that person by, by chance? The one that did the guided trip? No, no. The one from back in the day where you had the horrible experience. Yeah. Just curious if you were like, Hey, actually like finally this time. No, 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 no. Actually we we still are in touch. Like we're not actively friends, but we were, we were friends from the age of 12 in the same school, then went to college together. So this happened like when we were 22. So I've, I've known this guy for like forever and uh, we're not actively in touch now, but like if I shot him a text message right now, he'd respond for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So as, as we are wrapping up here, we have, you know, a, a kind of a sample set, right? So you worked on two, like various, your two biggest projects per my understanding were like things that you worked on with me was one of them, the smaller one, unfortunately. And then you worked on sleep advisor with pneumonia. So talk a little bit about the pros of pros and cons of working with a partner and then working by yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think the pros are like, maybe some people have heard this, but I think when you get it right, one plus one really is three. Right. And one thing I've noticed as I've gotten a little bit older and I guess wiser maybe in business is I clearly have shortcomings, right? Like I think I'm pretty good at some things, but when it comes to say, for example, and this is clear with you, with systems and automation and stuff like that, like it's just not my, it's not my strength, right? So the whole one plus one equals three, if you can find someone that covers up your weaknesses, right? And the thing I think we enjoyed the most was just the push, right? There's an accountability built into it. It's kind of like a mastermind, but you both have a vested interest like financially in the outcome, right? Cause you're showing up every week and you're like, you better get your fucking shit done. Like, and if they have energy and you have energy, it's really good. The cons. Well, I think it, I think you learn it through experience. I think a lot of parallels could be with just like say relationships in general, right? So obviously when you get into a relationship, right, there's a lot of amazing things that come with it, but you also are now responsible and you're like working together. Right. So there's, you have to meet in the middle and sometimes, right. You have to like negotiate and, you know, find a path that works. So there's work that goes into it, right. Less autonomy, things of that nature. Right. Uh, I think reflecting back on, our partnership with my partnership with pneumonia in general, I think I learned a lot in terms of, I showed up to it, not really having a plan. 
I didn't know like truly what I wanted out of this business. I didn't know what I wanted out of a business partner. I never made my expectations clear, right? So when things were going well, things were great. And I think when things kind of turn a little bit, right, problems get exposed. And so there was, you know, some some tension back and forth towards the the latter part. And, you know, thankfully, we've both come out um, still close. And like I said, we connect and stuff like that. But I'm just so much wiser as I decide if I want to do another business partnership. Like you hope for the best, but you come up like, I'm going to come up with every scenario I can. Like what happens if you want to leave within a year? Do you forfeit your equity? What happens if we get too big? What happens if this happens? You know, how do we communicate? Like making sure that I communicate, we connect on vision. I communicate my needs early on and, and not being, you know, as passive and probably carrying some resentment, which I admit that I did in the past many relationships, but in that one in particular. <laughs> right. Well, one, <laughs> one thing, I mean, our, our project was smaller, right? And it was finite. We had very clear objectives. Yes. And then my background was in project management, dealing with multiple vendors, with opposing viewpoints and objectives and all this other stuff. And we were very clear on like contingencies for when it went bad, right? Because it's easy, like you said, if everything's good, but it was like, hey, what if this happens? What if that happens? So we we didn't cover everything, but it was pretty thorough. And yep. we, yeah, we at least thought about it ahead of time. And le- we never had to deal with any of those things other than the Amazon commission rate change, which I think we had like, talked a little bit about like what happens if revenue goes down, how do we deal with it? I think we probably talked about it for 30 minutes and we're like, okay, we have a decision. Like we'll just move forward. And yeah, so ours was much easier and it was much shorter. You're, too. You, yeah. You're jogging like a lot of thoughts and reflections. Like for example, ours was really short. Like we had a definitive, like I want you to get these outreach number of outreach links and we're going to sell the site. Like that's the path. It's a very short thing. Now that I think back to sleep advisor, you have to remember, I had a portfolio of sites at the time making pretty solid income. He had two agencies at the time doing pretty well, right? This thing started as a side project. So we just we just went into it and went like, oh yeah, this is like one hour a day, like well, well, whatever. And then it started taking off and just we just sort of like got kind of like, you know, our eyes were like, oh my God, you know, like, look, this is amazing. And so we just sort of forgot to really like, kind of get objective about the vision and like what we both expected. And it just was kind of like, we're just making a lot of money. Let's go. Yeah. 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 That's right. I forgot. It was just a side project. And then all of a sudden it was like, it really was. you were like, I'm dropping everything else. And I'm, we're all, I'm only working on this. You're like, I'm just like, the other stuff doesn't even matter. So that's what, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Bananas. Okay. Well, and I mean, your your two other sites that you launched in the last year that didn't turn out, you basically just worked on those on your own. You just hired a couple of freelancers to help out. Pretty Got much, it. yeah. Okay, cool. All right, we talked about a ton of stuff. We'll brainstorm afterwards to see like where we want to dig into another topic. Where should... Uh, actually, I'll ask two two questions. Any big takeaways that you want people to 
leave this interview with, and then I'll let people know where they could find you. But what's the big takeaway you want folks to come away with? I think, um, you know, we hit on like the meditation and the reflection and kind of this, you know, taking time out and, you know, not always like go, go, go and working. I think we're in a, in a world in a, and especially as entrepreneurs, we're always used to being busy. So I think there's a lot of value in like slowing down and like really reflecting on why you do what you do. And if you're, you know, if you just want to make money, that's cool. I would just say, if you accomplish it, like just understand that most likely as you get older and as you accomplish these things you set out for, just your, you know, your motivations might start kind of morphing and changing. So at least in my experience, just um, kind of watch out for that and always, always uh, keep an eye on why you're doing things. Very good. Where should people find you if you, if you want them to connect and maybe you could clarify on the connections you want to make or maybe the relationship you want to have or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, really, I'm just looking to connect with people that want to share and chat and have conversations and ideas. So there really isn't anything specific. The best place would be LinkedIn. And if you can send a message, uh, if you're connecting with me and we're not already connected, if you could just mention, you know, how, you know, you saw me on the Doug show, that would be awesome just to kind of know where it was coming from. Cool. LinkedIn. So you're going to do the LinkedIn thing. Every time I pop over there, there's like people trying to sell me stuff in the messages, but yeah. What's it, what's it like over there? It's just a place that I'm going to try to experiment with. Yeah. I don't know yet to be honest. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, I think people, especially for what you're talking about, I mean, you're literally, you want to, you know, link up with some people and, and meet them. And if you're going to be at conferences, coming up. So I think if people see you uh, standing around, they shouldn't be afraid to go introduce themselves to you, right? So conferences are a perfect place to hang out with Rob, right? My number one objective right now is just to meet people, connect, share ideas. Like that's, that's all I got right now. I don't have a business plan other than that. All right. <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks for joining me and we'll catch up soon. We'll link up to your LinkedIn so people can connect with you over there. And don't forget to mention the Doug show so that Rob will accept you. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people just trying to sell like link building schemes or some kind of nonsense. I don't know, but this is awesome, Rob. Really appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having me, Doug.